Back-to-back wins for the Celtics. Tatum's making magic from the free throw line. Sam Hauser's making magic from the three-point line. All of that next on First to the Floor. Who's going to be first to the floor here? And it was Marcus Smart as he usually is. Hey, hey, welcome into another episode of First to the Floor. Ben Vallis here. Thank you for joining us. Hope you're doing well. We've got plenty to get to after some spicy Celtics wins this weekend. Joining us to talk all about it, Wayne Spoonie. Spoons, how you doing, sir? I'm doing great, man. Uh I like, how could you not be pumped? I went in there. I emotionally <laughs> hedged myself thinking I'll be happy with one and one. And, you know, it's just so great when the emotional hedge pays off extra dividends when they go that two and oh, and you're just like extra happy. Yeah, life is good. It was a great yeah. weekend for all involved. And also joining us, Jake Eisenberg. Jake, how are you, mate? Welcome. Doing well as well. Not only was did we get two Celtics games, two wins. The sun was shining. It is the best time of year in yeah. Sydney, Australia. <laughs> Warm enough to go for go to the beach. Cold enough to still sleep comfortably. You combine that with the Celtics winning streak. I mean, feeling good. Yep, absolutely. And cool enough for me to be in my attic today. Uh, fortunately, <laughs> to record this podcast, we'll see. Without start visible see. sweat. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. I need to downgrade my recording quality from 1080p to like 360. Be professional <laughs> with this. Uh, look, before we get into it, some podcasting cliches for you again. Please like, subscribe, comment, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if that's how you digest your pods. All of these things uh, help greatly as we fight for visibility for um, or against rather our peers in Celtics podcasting. Also, we're going to fire up our playback stream tomorrow for the Celtics Grizzlies game. The link is in the, in the description below. Now you can see it down there. Scroll down if you're watching on YouTube, you'll find it. Come and hang out with us and watch the game if you like. All right, two nights, two wins against the Bulls. Nine of thirty-one from three. Against the Knicks, literally a franchise three-point record, 27-51 from three. Spooty, do you get a sense from these two wins that the Celtics have figured something out or turned a corner of sorts? I don't know. I, you know, I, This team is winning in a way that I really never expected them to. I will say the Bulls game, I just would prefer to wipe from my memory entirely. <laughs> it is rare yeah. that I do not enjoy watching the Celtics win. But good Lord, that was not an enjoyable game to watch. I mean, like DeRozan in the fourth quarter getting like breathed on and getting to the line. Like Tatum got a few soft calls too. But I mean, he was getting hacked quite a bit as well. So I don't know. That was just a bizarre, strange game. I'm glad they won. The Bulls, like, I feel like they're not that good, but they come to play against us every single time. And the Knicks are really that way as well. So I think the one thing I'll say they found out is how to win games, right? Because they won both of these games in entirely different ways. I think the defense looked pretty damn good against the Bulls. They didn't, like you said, they didn't make a lot of threes. Tatum shot 20 free throws. And then, you know, a, literally 24 hours, they're bombing away from three and they're giving up like 115 or whatever it was to the New York Knicks who are not a great offensive team. So um, they're doing it in different ways. And I think you could look at that as a good thing. Um, and I choose to, at least at this point in the season. 
Yeah, the duality of the Celtics offense <laughs> right. in that. We're not making threes one game, find a way to win. Yeah. Suddenly we're making threes. It's live and die by the three, and in this case it was very much live, even thrive, you know, quite yeah. frankly, by the three. <laughs> uh, Jake, any sort of broad takeaways from the weekends of, of Celtics winning basketball? Yeah, I don't know if they've, they've necessarily figured something specific out, um, but I think, you know, the goal of the season is clearly to win a championship. And along the season, it's like, how can we build certain habits, um, championship habits, to, to quote the great Brad Stevens, um, so then we do get there where we're ready to win it. And something that we struggled with in the playoffs last year was clutch time, crunch time, offense specifically. And we've gotten a lot of practice of in the crunch time this season already, like way more than it felt like in the second half of last year. Um, and they've been, it's been mixed results, but I think for the most part, it's been pretty positive and it feels like they've made steps in the right direction from the playoffs through the beginning of the season. Um, so I've really liked that and I like that we're getting that kind of practice. Um, we got a little bit of positive Rob news. So that's all, that was also good. Um, mm-hmm. but, you know, you said living and diving, living and dying by the three and thriving. I mean, this team should be one of the best three point shooting teams in the league. Um, that is one thing that me and Joe do disagree on. I've always hated math. Um, but, and he loves it. So, but I can, I can accept it. And it is math that I can kind of wrap my head around that three is worth more than two. So I'm willing to, willing to do some extra, um, extra tutoring to, to get that nailed down. But, um, but yeah, they should be one of the best three point shooting teams. So like, it makes a lot of sense that they should be taking the most threes as well. So from that perspective, the process on offense, I like a lot and I think it's pretty sustainable. Yeah, well, they're second in three-point attempts this season behind only the Warriors, fifth in three-point field goal percentage, and 40% of our points so far this season are coming from threes, which is ranked first overall in the league. Uh, Second in offensive rating so far, short sample size. I think we're in week three of the regular season, and 22nd in defensive rating, which is trending in the right direction. I think last time we did a pod, it was 27th in the past week. Fourth in offensive rating, 118.6. 19th in defensive rating again, gradually trending upwards. That defensive rating is 112.1. The Bucks at first, 94.4 defensive mm. rating Ooh. on the season, mm. uh, which is insane. And the other stat I've got just to sort of highlight the Celtics trending in the right direction, opposition offensive rebound rate, slight improvement, uh, 26.8 for the season, down to 24% this week. So gradually- uh, that- Getting on top of things, a slight reduction, but we'll take it, right? Yeah. That, I think actually, as far as like looking for things that they have figured out, the rebounding thing, there has definitely been a collective emphasis no doubt. to team rebound. I think we saw, what, was it the Cleveland, the Cleveland game in the second quarter? The defense ramped up. There were gang rebounding, and it was like, ooh, this feels very similar to some of those, you know, just shut the water off uh, moments in, in the second half of last year. Um, that was definitely something that I think we're seeing more of is the gang rebounding. Tatum's just been like murdering it on the boards. Um, mm-hmm. Same with Jalen as well, to a lesser extent. Yeah. It's still good. Tatum is so frustrating as a rebounder because he like he gets a lot of them. He's really good, but he never fucking boxes anyone no. out ever, <laughs> yeah. ever. Like gets- I don't think he's ever made contact with someone. <laughs> he gets Westbrook. Westbrook rebounds, I find. <laughs> yeah. It's like they sort of just come to him and he gets them. And just because of how he's positioned defensively, he the rebounds do favor him a lot. But he's not like boxing out, like you said. He's not like fighting and battling down low for the boards, Dennis Webman style. So no, the stats Tatum, do lie a little bit. 
Tatum owes half of his rebounds to Marcus Smart boxing his man out for him. Uh, But the interesting thing is, I think like hitting on the Joe loves math thing, um, we've taken the second most three points. uh, We've attempted the second most threes. We're only giving up the 25th most. So our opponents are not shooting a lot of threes and we're shooting a shit ton of them. So you got to think over the length of a season, especially like the math's going to kind of flip our way over the long term. And especially we're uh, opponents are shooting 37% from three against us. So um, that's like 11th. So you got to think with our, you know, long, great defenders, you'd expect us to be an above average. And we basically have been for the last decade an above average three point defending team. So if that comes down and we're limiting the number and we're taking a ton of them, and you got to think this team's headed for, you know, 70 wins. Absolutely. I see no reason or no argument against that at all. That's just math. So we, I suppose we need to start to whittle down what's going on here with the Celtics and why they've looked so good recently. And there's a lot of emerging storylines and elements that we're having a lot of fun with so far this season. One of them, Jake, is Malcolm Brogdon, who is just mm. killing it off the bench. I think upholding your uh, six man of the year bet that you put on prior to the start of the season, that's got to be looking pretty good so far. Okay, this is what's weird. Like, it's he's still 14 to 1, and like Jordan Poole's still heavy favorite. Like, I checked the odds yesterday because I, you know, I was like, surely my my cash out option is looking already juicy, but (laughs) it hasn't really moved at all. Um, and so that's surprising. And I would like highly recommend, actually, no, I would not recommend, I'd recommend me specifically to put more, um, more on that one. But, um, he's, he's clearly finding his groove. Um, I think just now he's like, okay, I haven't been six men of the year before, six men in general, sorry. Um, what does that look like? And it lo- what it looks like when it looks at its best is aggressive, confident, um, and poised. Those are the, the three words that I've been using to describe how he's looked, especially over the last four games. Um, I have a few, I've, been, I've posted a few clips on Twitter and on the socials, um, and I'll play some of them now. But this and one against the Bulls was huge. The boys are loving it. Um, the penetration. His ability to get in the rim. So I go, Ben. Oh, just the penetration. Like just to add yeah. to what you were saying, I don't want to. I don't want to talk over your clips here, Jake. But just his yeah ability to get to the rim is not something that we're familiar with as Celtics fans lately. Yes, and that move right there. I think he called it the machine gun dribble. Like his yeah. handle yeah. is <laughs> so tight, right in just that that initial burst to get past defenders. And in the Knicks game, like he's he's crashing. Everybody knows it's coming. I mean, and he's playing with these shooters, Grant and Hauser. Like the boulders can just get popping so easily. And then this is my favorite. We get the deep three, and then we get this meme. Al Horford just yay clapping, yay, times. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> approval. <laughs> so good. So I'm, I'm definitely clipping that last little Al Horford thing for any anything positive for for the rest of the season. Um, Hell yeah! But he's been incredible. Um, last four games, 19 points per game on 55, 46, and 90 for the season. Now he's 15 points per game on 50, 38, 90. Mister 50, 40, 90s back. Um, you know, everybody likes to say, "Oh, he was 50, 40, 90 guy." He did it once. And now yeah. this is going to be the second time because, um, yeah, it's perfect. 24 minutes. Love it. I, uh, I, I feel like I owe especially Ben an apology slash a mea culpa 
uh, because we brought up Smart versus Brogdon. I think not, maybe not the last show, maybe the one yeah, before that. Um, I wouldn't say I jumped down your throat, but you know when like <laughs> some pizza cheese gets like stuck in the back of your throat and like hey. slowly slides. I like did yeah. that to Ben. I was like, what? Smart, come on, he's so good. Um, Brogdon's making me look kind of <laughs> dumb and smart i think is hurt so the dichotomy yes. me between those two has been pretty drastic brogdon looks fucking incredible man mm. like he is so balanced when he's doing these dribble moves that he could go left he could go right you know how like Jalen will get into a move and then kind of stumble tatum too like brogdon almost never does that even if he kind of loses the dribble he's it's like he almost seems like he intentionally did it and then he gets his shoulders like even with you and you're done. It's mm-hmm. over. He's getting to the rim. You got to send help. And if you do that, he's been fine. And like you said, he's fine in Grant. He's fine in Hauser. And I've got a quick little stat here. The Brogdon Grant Hauser three man lineup has played yes. 82 minutes plus 20.7 net rating. Wow. And if you add Tatum, you sprinkle a little Jason Tatum on top of that in 46 <laughs> like minutes. That four man group has got a plus 29.7 net rating. So Brogdon Grant Hauser are fucking killing people. And it's because Brogdon gets to, gets to the rim so easily and he's just kicking those guys out. And they're both shooting over 50% from the corners. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, just quickly on the on the Brogdon versus Smart thing, I think the conclusion we reached last time, and I think it's still fair today, is that like it's yeah. just good problems to have, that we have all of them. <laughs> And in the Bulls game, Smart sat with uh, five fouls, I think, which is why we saw Brogdon close that game. And Brogdon also had the hot hand as well. He has the last couple of games. Like, Missoula has the opportunity to just kind of like, and Derek White as well, just choose like whoever's working, whether it be matchup-wise or in that particular game. But certainly, as we get more and more data on these guards, Brogdon <laughs> seems to be emerging as like the, the primary option, um, which is amazing. Spoonio, I want to supplement your... Uh, probably more sophisticated stats with some lineup stats that I, I took from cleaning nice. the glass here. And the highlights here are basically, yeah, just the Brogdon and, and Tatum lineups here that you can see that I've got highlighted. Murder. I think it's a 32.4 and a 70.2 uh, <laughs> plus point differential. And it's basically Brogdon, Tatum, and the bench. So Brogdon, Tatum, and then Hauser, Grant Williams, and then either Cornette or Vonley. And uh, across the board, essentially, they're just absolutely crushing it. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see our screenshot from Cleaning the Glass here. Uh, absolutely amazing. So very, very exciting stuff here as this young season starts to mature. And uh, as you can see, the look at my face. And that's with Cornette and Vonley. That's with Cornette yes. and Vonley. Right. Yeah. Like, if you put Rob in there, dude, it's holy Moses. That's just holy Moses. Indeed. Scary. Uh, <laughs> all right. So we've kind of segued into this next point already, but the Marcus, Derek White, Brogdon rotation. Um, Jake, you mentioned on our run sheet here that like we kind of got a look at, at Joe putting Marcus on the bench to close the Bulls game, noting that, of course, he did have five fouls on that one. Mm. Should, we, should we maybe use this segment to pepper in some Derek White, to sprinkle in some Derek yep. White, to use uh, Spoonie's analogy yeah. there? Because he's kind of <laughs> like, like he's not getting enough love. He's, I think, second in charges taken in the league so far this this season. And like as a third guard, um, first of all, he's completely pigeonholing Peyton Pritchett. We're not seeing him at all. Um, but he's just such an effective guard on both ends in his own right. And Spoonie, you posted some some Derek White content to your Twitter recently. Any any thoughts on on Derek White, who I think is not getting enough love this season? 
Yeah, so I think actually Derek White's been asked to do something a little different than he's done his whole career. Like he has been at least a secondary ball handler his whole career and oftentimes a primary ball handler. And he's like not even a secondary handler in this offense. So they said, Derek, you better get your jump shot right because that's what you're going to be doing. And then we're going to be asked. I, I don't know if a Celtics guard has covered more centers than Derek White has um, <laughs> in this early season. I feel like he was on Vooch every possession because they yeah. just kept trying to get that switch. And like he is fighting his ass off on defense. You said it, Ben. He's taking charges. He's had some incredible like rim contests with the rule of verticality. And by the way, he's shooting 41% on catch and shoot threes, uh, taking like 3.1 or 3.4 a game. Add that with he's always moving the ball. He's always cutting. He's always making the right play. Like he is definitely kind of the lowest key, the unsung hero of that three guard rotation, but he's just as important as the other two. Um, And like his presence, I've seen people were talking about, maybe we should deal Derek White now that we have Brogdon. I think he fits in perfectly with those with Smart and Brogdon. And they're they're all three big enough and versatile enough that they can play together. Um, so, yeah, I think you're spot on, Ben. Like, D. White has been as much as we could hope to start this year. He's been great. Great call. He's he's going to be the most underrated player on this team until he leaves the Celtics. Like, he's he's taking 6.6 shot attempts per game. Like, yeah. he's not going to fill up the box score at all. But every single thing that he does, like, the idea – is correct. Pushing the pace, moving the ball, taking open threes. Like, you know, he makes, he makes clutch clutch plays. Like in the Bulls game, when the Celtics were pissing down their leg, he had that clutch layup and then came in and had that clutch three pointer as well. Um, Yeah. And the the fact that he's, he's basically Marcus Smart 2.0, but a little less polarizing. I think Um, just because we haven't had Derek for, um, eight years or however long Smart's been here now. Uh, definitely going to be the unsung hero, but he fits in fits in perfectly with, with what they're trying to do. Yeah, he's so effective in that starting lineup and then just sort of inserting him strategically in various lineups that he can he can be effective essentially with any combination of player on the court as long as he can continue to shoot at the, the clip that he's been shooting this season. Uh, he's essentially effective in any potential or possible lineup combination. It's worth noting that Smart and Brogdon, getting back to the original point, closed the yes. Knicks game. It was the Jays, it was Smart, Brogdon, and Grant. They were a plus eight, zero turnovers uh, with three minutes and 47 seconds played to close that game. And you know there were some, some messy moments, particularly from Jalen, who we're going to get to in a second in that Knicks game, um, but they really kept it tidy. And I think Brogdon, as part of that, that closing lineup, is such an integral part of that clean offense for the Celtics. Um, Jake, how are we feeling about Jalen Brown's season so far? Been a little up and down, both on and off the court. Mostly up, I want to say. But, you know, a moment ago, I mentioned some messiness in the Knicks game. We saw Jalen Brown driving into, like, walls worth of traffic uh, and turning the ball over, um, a la the NBA Finals last year in the playoffs. Um, How are you feeling about his season overall so far? Mm. It's been a bit of a roller coaster, I feel personally. I think, you know, preseason, it was jacked Jalen. He basically didn't miss a shot. Um, was fantastic in the Sixers opening night game. Um, I mean, and there's just been moments of tunnel vision, Jalen. Kind of had, kind of felt like first, second year Jalen made a bit of a, a reappearance. And I know he was sick, I think, for the Bulls game. Um, 
But some of the simple passes that he, I thought he would, did a good job of of making last year. He stopped making over the last couple of couple of games. Granted, he did make the clutch pass to Derek White for that clutch three, um, and he just made a nice little pass there to Hauser. And then he comes in like yesterday and has a classic Jalen hyper efficient thirty points on nineteen shots. Um, you kind of need, I think, you kind of need Jalen to be that hyper efficient scorer, otherwise. I'm not sure his impact is, you know, championship level number two player because, you know, the defense has always been a little overrated with, you know, getting the lost off ball. And there was just, there was one moment where he lost Io completely off ball who splashed in one of his only threes because Io doesn't miss three pointers against the Celtics. Nope. Um, and then I had a look at the usage numbers before the Knicks game. Jalen's usage was actually higher than Tatum's by like two or 3%. They're actually tied at exactly 30.2 each percent usage-wise, um, which is 14th and 15th in the league. Um, I think you just want Tatum to be a fair bit higher because his, his decision-making is so much better. But um, Trey at TA1297, one of the more level-headed Twitter users, um, mm-hmm. had a good tweet today. Contrary to narrative that JB has an oversized role in the offense, he's fourth on the team in time of possession, fifth in dribbles per touch and seconds per touch, and even with Tatum in points per touch. So there's some stats kind of pointing to both arguments, I think. Um, I would just like to see him settle in a little bit, which I think he did do in the next game. So I would just like to see that trend start to build from there. Can I just say, you don't, if Jalen Brown is even with Tatum for points per touch, that's bad because Tatum handles the ball as a playmaker way more than Jalen. So... Um, I actually think that stat is kind of damning of his performance okay. a little bit, but uh, but the other stuff makes sense. Um, I told you I'm bad at not, maths, all right? I just, no, 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 I mean, that's not your <laughs> yeah, But I think the, the other stuff absolutely supports the fact that it's not like he's ball stopping, and I don't think he is. I think at times he's just trying to do a little too much because he knows – um, he's got to be the second best player on a team that's got title aspirations, right? And it's early in the season. He's still feeling it out. Missoula's um, asking him, I think, to handle the ball a little bit more. And But some guys just don't have the court vision gene. You know what I mean? Like some dudes are just like, you're a bucket getter. That's what you do. And to your point, Jake, like just make the easy pass. And I yeah. think he's got to like get back to finding that balance a little bit because, yeah, I think he's forced it. Um, but man, when everything's going, does it look good? And it has at times, including last night. Um, so a one, one kind of weird stat, I'm interested to hear if you guys think that this is something we should be concerned about early. It's early, but Tatum on the court without Jalen 77 minutes, we're a plus 27 net rating Jalen without Tatum 74 minutes, we're a plus 12.7 net rating. When they're playing together, we're a minus four and a half net rating. I mean, d- does that worry either of you? The first no. thought that popped into my head is that those guys are always playing against our opposition's best lineups yeah. as well. Yeah, no doubt. Um, but beyond that, a little concerning. Yeah, as I allow myself to think about it a little more. What do you think, Jake? Uh, it would be better if it was plus, I guess. Um, but, <laughs> yes. <laughs> that would be better. But, but yeah, I don't know. I think we've got the track record of the past five years that that they're really good when they play together. Um, so I'm, I, yeah, I'm, not, I'm not too concerned. And again, nine games in, some of these stats can can be flipped by a couple of 
and like Tatum in the bench, I, I don't know that that's that those numbers are just going to be crazy. Um, I think it's good that Jalen is actually playing well. I'd have to go back and look at the numbers from last year, but I feel like sometimes that you know Jalen with the bench or non Tatum you know, lineups has not been that good. So I think you know the fact that he's able to you know buoy some of the lineups without Tatum as you know as the best player is a, is a good sign as well. So no, I'm I'm not worried about about that. Yeah, real quick, hold on. I I just want to say, I am not trying to start a break up the Jays narrative here at all. I just think it's something to monitor. And I think Z Gamer is kind of hitting on it a little bit too. It's like, Smart's not been great. A lot of lineups with him are doing poorly. Um, So I I don't want to insinuate, I think, like we need to trade Jalen Brown or something. But it's just something to monitor because they've always killed people when they've played together. So I'm just... Wonder if there's something there. Probably not, but you know, it was interesting. Yeah, and if you're listening to the pod later, we're reacting to some of the comments in the YouTube feed. Yes. One from uh, Supercast uh, wrote, don't start the break up the Jays crap, which we're not Supercast. This, you have to understand this comes from a place of love, similar to like, yeah. my wife hasn't called me in a while. Is she okay? Yeah. Like, it's, it's basically that. We love the Jays. We want them to <laughs> retire as Celtics as like 38-year-olds. Right. That, that's the angle that we're coming from here. Uh, before we get to a quick uh, Jalen Brown highlight from the weekend, another notable stat, his free throw attempts up slightly this year from last year and from last year and prior in so far in, in Jalen Brown's career it was death taxes and Jalen Brown front rimming his first free throw attempt this year oh, his man. free throw percentage is up 10% from last year from 75% to 85% of the line which I think is just a, a nifty little uh Improvement yeah. and very necessary given the uh, reliability of his first uh, missed free throw attempt uh, so yes. far in his career I did promise a, a Jalen Brown he- highlight any, yeah. any guesses as to something awesome that Jalen Brown did this weekend that we might be about to show? Just putting more people in the grave Just would be my guess. Yeah. Isn't the Vooch? It's Vooch, isn't it? Vooch. Day. Three point game. Brogdon. Back to Brown. Brown! Dragic on a gorgeous beat. Nope, they're going to wave it off. A moving screen. I keep talking about space. Brogdon looks like he's in trouble. The back cut. Caruso fell asleep. Mike, we got to revisit this. I just have to see it one more time. Step back, Benzella. Jalen Brown on your head. Oh, Mike, to be that young and bouncy. To be that young and bouncy. Young and bouncy. I love it. <laughs> I, can I, uh, I hear you, Doris. I love Doris. Yeah. <laughs> uh, any more thoughts on, on Jalen, um, who has been enigmatic before we move on? He's, he's putting together a ridiculous poster collection. Like, yeah. even from this year, right? He has now Vooch and he has Donovan. Don't think I miss anyone. But, I mean, yeah, he's done Vooch already before. He has Giannis a couple of times, has LeBron. Like, Turn that into an NFT on the hanging on the wall, Jalen, just rolling. Good times. <laughs> I'll buy it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. More posters than my dorm room from yeah. freshman year, baby. <laughs> oh, there you yes. go. All right. So what might end up being the meat of this podcast is, uh, well, it poses the question, who is the Celtics role player MVP so far? And this, it's an interesting question that doesn't favor anyone because the idea of role player is scalable. Malcolm Brogdon is playing a role. Peyton Pritchard, in essence, is playing a role. 
cornet playing Come a role. Oh, it's, it's a role. It's a role. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we can we can analyze any role played by anyone on the team and and scale it accordingly to someone who might get more minutes, more shot attempts, more attention from the fan base and from Wayne Spoonie, for example. So I'm going to run down some candidates here. And we'll see if we can decide as a, as a team. And let us know your thoughts in the comments as well. Who is the Celtics role player MVP so far this year? House money, Sam Hauser. Career high, 17 points from uh, six of nine. Nice. From the floor. Uh, five of eight from three. <laughs> Should I rattle off the names and then we'll go back and revisit yeah, them all? Yeah. Do you want to add Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. okay. The candidates are House money, Sam Hauser. Uh, Luke Cornett. Grant Williams, a.k.a. the Dork Knight. And... <laughs> I'm going to throw Derek White in there because we talked about sort of the nuances of his role as well. Uh, sure. Any other candidates you guys want to throw out there? Or anyone in the chat? I, th- I think those four are probably the true role players on the team. I know what you're saying, Ben, everybody plays a role, um, starring your role, <laughs> but I think those four specifically, yeah. I think you could throw Al's name in the the ring. Mm. I don't think he's close. I think he's been a little disappointing, frankly, um, mm. with what he's asked to do. But he, I, I would say he's a role player at this point, right? True. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the uh, role player MVP, despite all of the the celebration of of Sam Hauser, has been Grant Williams. <laughs> I just think that he has been the most consistently effective role player if there was a seventh man of the year award i think that he might be a hot candidate for that yeah um there isn't unfortunately i checked um for me it's grant williams uh yay nay any okay. any contests to that idea where did this dork knight nickname come from i think it's fantastic so i wish batman played. yeah yeah <laughs> that's that's excellent i mean yeah dude uh, this is why we were banging the table for Grant Williams to get paid in the offseason. Uh, this is why we had friend of the pod, Gilbert Williams, on the podcast, because we know Grant is a budding superstar and we wanted to get in at the ground floor of growing in the game. That's just, that's more science. Um, Grant's been perfect. He's like the definition of solid. He doesn't miss from the corners anymore. Like he's perfect in that role. He's He's been one of the best defenders, I think, on the team. I think you can make an argument that after Tatum that he might have be the best defender on the team so far. It's actually frustrating me that he's only playing 25 minutes a game if like mm-hmm. one of our biggest issues is defense and rebounding, and he provides both of those and doesn't you know impact the offense negatively either. So I would like to see Grant playing more, and I think a very solid candidate for this award. I yeah I I I think um if I'm being rational I would agree with you both that it's Grant Williams absolutely <laughs> give us the uh, irrational I'm not, take because <laughs> I'm not here to be rational yes. we have the greatest three point shooter in NBA history on our bench and that's Sam Hauser um no I think I think it's Grant but just a little shout out to Hauser man like we all knew he could shoot but uh, defensively he has not been Duncan Robinson. He it, like teams go yeah. at him, but it's not an easy two every time he gets switched onto a guard or even sometime like I, I don't love him switching on to like a Vooch or something like that, but he's out there fighting. He's playing his ass off for his, you know, 15 minutes a night. And then you cannot give this dude a foot of space. Cause if you do, it's in like the way he makes shots, uh, Joe in our Slack says it like, his shot is so pure. Even his misses look like they're going in. I mean, 
it's it's absolutely ridiculous. So I would take Grant, but what a gem yeah. we found in Hauser here. Go hell yeah, Brad. And and he Find starts to show to... little little playmaking chops potentially yeah, yeah, as well. Yeah, that's right. Oh, here yeah. we go. Little Sam Hauser. Yeah. Here we go. Hand Hauser off. pick oh. and roll. There we go. Cool hand, Luke. There we go. Yeah. And it's a shame Cornette yeah. didn't finish that and I give him an assist too. Yeah. And you don't see it, but Tatum like and Taylor Snow made a point of this to overlay Tatum's interview with the with the moment. But if you if you see Tatum, he points right at Hauser and is like, now you're playing basketball. Like I love one, how much Tatum kind of is growing in the leadership and and propping up some of the the younger players. Um but yeah, Hauser's doing doing a lot more than just knocking down every three that he gets, which if he wasn't doing any other stuff, he probably would still be be playable because of how insane his shooting is at this point. There's a tweet from Adam Himmelsbach, yeah, where he said Jason Tatum has been waiting for Sam Hauser to come up with a three-point celebration. So he was stunned Saturday when he heard Hauser yell, boom, expletive, after one. But it was a good description of the Celtics <laughs> record-setting night. Any guesses as to what the expletive was? It's got to, it's got to be the B word, Charlie. Boom, bitch. Boom, bitch. Motherfucker. Yeah, boom, I think, I think, boom motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. Jay King reported it. He had the intel on the specific expletive oh. use that it was, motherfucker. Boom, motherfucker. I think I, I'm with you, Chris. Jake. I think dropping the bitch sounds better, but you know, and I'm a also little, a big yeah. Jesse Pinkman guy. So, <laughs> big alliteration guy as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. All that. So, uh, how's it? Yeah, I mean, really just the fact that we're having this conversation. We've been doing the pod for five years. We've never had the role player MVP conversation or really yeah. any praise <sighs> towards the bench whatsoever. Um, a quick stat on Grant, the Dork Knight as well. Per cleaning the glass, 162.8 points per shot attempt, which is good for the top 100th percentile, basically <laughs> the, the best in the league at, uh, at points per <laughs> shot attempt, good. which is insane. So the stats bear out as far as the uh, the efficiency and the impact there of Grant Williams. Just quickly on Luke Cornett, are you guys up or down on the Eclipse? Oh, man. Oh, is that um, what it's called? That's what it's called. So we're showing a clip here on the pod if you're listening later, and it's the, it's the Luke Cornett, um, I guess, visual disruption of the rim as someone shoots from beyond the arc. And he just jumps. Yeah. No, see, look, this, I, I, I hate it. I hate it. He, he jumps on the pump fake, and Javante Green just goes straight past him. And then, like, if he contests a shot from three and he's in the paint and he jumps in the sky, he, those are seconds he should be getting in box out position and like I've noticed at least a couple times that he's out yeah, of position absolutely. for rebounds. Just put your hand up. Maybe jump a tiny bit. You're still gonna get your hand above the rim pretty much. Get on the boards if you're not anywhere near a, cl- uh, a contest, in my opinion. I think it's cute and it was a fun little story for the first <laughs> game. I'm like, get on the boards, seven foot big fella. Come on now. It's been working, but I don't think that is because of it. <laughs> no. I think he's just getting lucky with three-point yes. shooting. So yes. I'm with you, Jay. Cut, cut that shit out before you start. Get, like, you know, it's the start of the fourth quarter and somebody <laughs> hits three threes because Luke Cornett's jumping in the paint. <laughs> I can't wait till it's... it gets us a critical stop in the finals. Yeah. This year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. The freaking the sideline report documentary about the Luke Cornett eclipse. It's going to drive me nuts. 
Hell yeah. <laughs> Talking about NFTs, that's what, that's what I'd acquire. Um, so, top shot that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Let's see it, Top Shot. So we're going to wrap up on a couple of points here. We've got to talk about Jason Tatum, the actual MVP of the Celtics. Still really good, it seems. Mm. Spoonie, I mean, we've talked a lot about Jason Tatum, as we should, as a Celtics podcast throughout the preseason and the season so far. Anything new emerging in your mind that is sort of showing as a continual development this season? It just seems like he, I I don't know if it's an addition to his strength or just he feels the game better. He just kind of understands and picks his spots better. But I think this is the first time he's ever played with um, Jalen Brown and been taking less shots than him. Um, And he's generally always less efficient than Jalen. And last I checked, he's at some absurd like 70% true shooting or something yeah, like that, wild. which is crazy on his usage. But and he's just picking his spots so good. And I feel like when he gets like drives, he's getting all the way to the rim and he's finishing at a ridiculous clip. And that's something he at times struggled with. So um, I would say those are kind of the two big things. He just looks really, really in control of the game on both ends. Um, so I'd say that's the biggest thing for me, man. He's just grown up. He's matured. It's it's beautiful to see. It really is. <laughs> Jake, any thoughts? Yeah, it doesn't stop. Um, in the interview, either after the Bulls or the Knicks game, um, you know, oh yeah, it was the Knicks game, I think, and talking about being t- oh no, being upset that Joe took him out of the Bulls game in the third quarter, um, and it was like it was a healthy upset. And, you know, in the moment, he just wants to, he wants to stay out there. He never wants to come out. You know, he's fifth in the league in minutes again, which we can talk about if we're worried about. Um, and how much he just loves basketball, how much he wants to keep working. Like, they got to tell him to go home, not lift after games, stuff like that. Um, and you can tell. Like, it's just, you know, the you know how they always say improvement isn't linear. But, like, if you take out the second year that Kyrie destroyed, it's been, like, pretty linearly just, like, straight line up to um, – MVP level player and like this year you know we've talked about the floaters not they haven't been going in the last couple of games but it's definitely there um the free throw rate is definitely up this year I think you know every year he's kind of pretty much increased his free throw attempts by one almost exactly and he's, he's up to uh he's up to 8.1 right now in part because he took 20 free throws in the um in the helps. Bulls game. Yeah, that definitely helps. But yeah, he's, you know, eighth in the league in scoring. And of the people that are ahead of him, only Damian Lillard is taking less field goal attempts by 0.2. The rest of them, like, are, are less efficient. Um, and the defense, like, it's Jason Tatum and OG Ananobi as the best two wing defenders in the NBA right now. Um, and it's not particularly close. So, like, um, and it's been louder. Like, typically Tatum's off ball. Defense isn't as lauded because it's not, you know, but he, how many how many clutch blocks and plays has he had? He's leading the team in blocks. Yeah, dude. It's <laughs> yeah. it's crazy. Um, I would, yeah, I think i got to make a Tatum block highlight reel at this point because, like, it started on night one where he swatted Maxi into the stands. Um, chase down yeah. blocks, clutch blocks ascended to OT in, in Cleveland. Um, it's just a two-way superstar. Ridiculous. Yeah, percentages are up as well. 50% from the floor, up from 45% last year. 90% from the free throw line, so getting to the line more, hitting more of them once he gets there. Rebounds have stayed the same, eight point uh, per game, which is incredible. And his assists are up from four per game last year to six per game, while turnovers turnovers are down, 2.9 uh, down to 1.7 per game. So 
Uh, and we, again, we've talked about his two-point finishing stats. Some commenters here in the, in the stream have commented on them as well. Um, just really trending in the right direction in so many facets of his game. Um, and it makes me excited for our podcast, right? For the, for the season, like we just get to keep watching this and keep getting together, yeah. getting together and talking about it. He's 24 years old. (laughs) He's younger than Sam Hauser. (laughs) How ridiculous is that? (laughs) Yeah, he's he's still a good chunk of time away from his peak. And like a couple of these guys, you know, Luca and Tatum, I've I've kind of started, you know, I'm I'm feeling pretty confident in my Tatum over Luca um, for this year specifically. um, When you look at how good Tatum's been on defense and how bad Luca has been on defense. Um, these guys at 23 and 24 as um, after Giannis, who's like the clear best player in the league, it's like Steph, Tatum and Luca right now. And I get, and, and Jokic probably, um, but like Embiid's nowhere to be seen. LeBron's definitely not anywhere near the conversation anymore. Kawhi's still not playing. Um, and that's kind of the list. I might be forgetting someone. So if anyone clips this, I'm still on the top of my head, but yeah. If if it's not if I want to win a playoff series, I'm not taking Jokic over any of those four guys. People will yeah. say Jaw too, but get no. get out of here with the Jaw. Mm-hmm. Jaw's no. fun, he's awesome, but absolutely not. He's not anywhere near those four, in my opinion. No question. Well, we're gonna find Good out to tomorrow as far as how that yeah. goes up against yeah. in a regular sure, season game. I'm gonna so. look dumb. <laughs> well, regular season game. So come on, know, JT, whatever. you can't do this to us. Step up. <laughs> Uh, we love Jason Tatum. This is so good. This is the, the Jason Tatum love portion of the podcast. Now, before we move on to the upcoming Ooh. schedule, Jake, I believe you do have uh, an ad read for us, courtesy of the podcast sponsors Manscaped, as I try and stall while you bring up the ad read. <laughs> what have we got yes, for us? Yes, I do. This holiday season, I'll be giving thanks to our friends over at Manscaped. Everybody loves turkey and stuffing, but you'll be looking like dessert with the help of Manscaped's Performance Package 4.0. The leaders in Below the Waist Grooming have blessed you with the ultimate Thanksgiving dinner topic. Tell your in-laws about your new cutting-edge poultry. I'm actually having lunch with my in-laws on Saturday. This is this is good timing. And gift Talk yourself for your the balls. man. Yeah. The, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Trim your pumpkins by going to manscaped.com and use the code... Remind me, Ben. First 18. Re- code first 18. Need to update the read. Um, I think your holiday spread is good. It's time to give thanks to the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0, or I like to call it the perfect package for your package. Inside, you'll find their lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, weed whacker, and nose hair trimmer, crop preserver, ball deodorant, crop reviver toner, performance boxer breeze, and a travel bag to hold your goodies. Think of it as a cornucopia for your balls. And I can say I got the package. The upgrade from the 3.0 to the 4.0 is noticeable and very thankful to have my own um, now so I don't have to share with anybody. Um, (laughs) Get 20% off and free shipping with the code. Go again, Ben. First 18. First 18. 18. That's right. First 18 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code FIRST18. Be thankful this holiday season for the best gift of all from Manscaped. Your balls will thank you. Absolutely. Your wife or partner might thank you as well. Good now great I'm read there, Jake. <laughs> yeah, put you on the spot there. Well done. There we go. Uh, first 18, 20% off, free shipping. And as we head into holiday season and Christmas time, I know my dad, he bought Manscaped as gifts for his entire cricket team. 
plays in the over 65s Central Coast seniors representative squad. And uh, by all accounts, they're all very well groomed and manscaped now. So it's, uh, it's a very, very viable <laughs> purchase for everyone thinking about a gift this holiday season. Uh, Upcoming schedule, the Celtics have the third hardest strength of schedule so far this season. Monday night, mm-hmm. tomorrow, we're firing up the playback stream for the at Grizzlies game. Grizz coming off a back-to-back versus the Wiz. Guys, we checked the score right before we started yeah. streaming here. Uh, looks like the Wizards have come back a little bit to make it yeah. slightly difficult on the Grizz, but the Grizz are going to run away with it. Spoonie, but still- how do you think this game is going to go tomorrow night versus the Grizzlies? I feel like we've kind of had the Grizzlies number for the last couple of years. Um, I remember when we were starting to go on that run at the second half of last season, it was like, well, they haven't played anybody. They haven't played anybody. And the Grizzlies were like the first healthy, good team we played and we spanked them. So um, they're a great team. Uh, I like how we match up. We can throw a bigger defender at Bain um, and then Smart and White can hassle Morant. Um, although Smart, if he's not healthy, that concerns me. Uh, I'm really worried about Steven Adams on the offensive yeah. glass, though. So I think that could be a problem. Uh, but I, I think we probably pull out a win, especially if we uh, keep the shooting touch from yesterday. <laughs> That'll make things much easier. Yeah, just, yeah, Jake, just, shoot, a mil- just, make, just shoot and make a million threes. Um, that strategy seems to be working quite well, but yeah, been pretty good result here. I mean, Jar played 33 minutes and Bain played 35 and Brooks 30. So like, that's, you know, that's definitely helpful for, for a good result tomorrow. Um, yeah, mentally prepare yourself for a lot of Steven Adams offensive rebounds. Um, what I would really like to see, like, I think we all agree. We're not, you know, kind of ripping into smart. We we're acknowledging that, um, there's definitely some kind of injury or out of shape, thing going on so i would just like to see like he's playing 33 minutes a night right now just get him down to like 29 and give two extra minutes each to Derek and brogdon i think that um he's gonna get smart back to his full peak smart self faster that's that's something that i'm just kind of keep my eye on for tomorrow um and especially like he's he can't help himself he's just going diving head first into the ground and breaking his arm like just just bring it, just save him from himself a little bit here you can't help but be first to the floor. It's just part of his DNA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel I feel pretty good, especially with what we've seen over the last couple of games about this upcoming matchup against the Grizzlies, If especially like you've both said already, if we can keep the shooting up. And I just feel like matchup-wise, yeah, Spoonie, the only real concerning matchup there is at the five there against uh, Stephen Adams, who has been... Uh, beasting on the boards and talking about mm-hmm. it hilariously so in his post-game presses there. Uh, I also just have to quickly check myself. Z Gamer in the chat called me out. Tatum has been averaging 2.8 turnovers this season, not 1.7. So uh, I must have been reading the wrong <laughs> column or row there on the stat sheet. So thank you for correcting me. Um, moving on to the rest of the schedule, Wednesday night, Pistons, Friday night, Nuggets, which if you've been listening to this podcast any period of time, you'll know that my best mate, Dice, who likes to talk a lot of shit, is a huge Nuggets fan. So that is always like marked on the calendar for me. That's like, aside nice. from like game seven of the NBA finals, that's the most like panic stricken game for me. Uh, and then Saturday night again uh, at the Pistons. Have you guys watched a lot of Pistons so far this season? I know Jaden Ivey's been... Um, getting a lot of attention on NBA Reddit and Twitter. We know what the Nuggets can do with Jokic. Out of those two matchups, Jake, which one is a little bit more disconcerting from your perspective? I mean, it should be the Nuggets, but yeah. have we learned but, anything but from the Nuggets? Yeah, yeah. Like, 
you know, like it would it would make sense to like lose the back to back against the Pistons, but knowing the Celtics, it's going to be like dog fight game winner Sadiq Bay from thirty two feet on the one after the Grizzlies game, and then they'll win the Nuggets and then blow the the Pistons off the court on the back to back, or they'll just lose both. But um, the Pistons are tough, and I, I was wondering, is you know the Celtics making the final, being the Eastern Conference Finals champs? You know, maybe we're getting the best shot of a lot of teams and oh, yeah, just being definitely. the Celtics in general, Jason Tatum, you know, a lot of nationally televised games. People know, people are watching the Celtics. And so I think teams get up for it. Um, the Knicks and Bulls, as you mentioned earlier, Spoonie. So, like, um, yeah, I would, I would just mentally prepare to be in pain for both of those games. <laughs> yeah, I'm terrified. So I, I've not watched a ton of Pistons, but I have been. I can't watch like other full games. So I will just when I get an opportunity, either they have like the all possessions on yeah. League Pass that you can watch, which are really great. Uh, so I've been kind of keeping tabs on the Pistons and Cade is really good. And mm. Ivy is a nice compliment to him. And Bogdanovich is like balling the yeah. hell out for them. Um, so that's going to be an incredibly tough game. For whatever reason, I always felt like Jeremy Grant kind of got us pretty good mm-hmm. when we played the Pistons and he's not there anymore. So maybe that'll be helpful. But I would be shocked if we win both Pistons games. Yep. So I'm predicting a split there, but uh, Grant Williams owns Jokic. So we're beating the Nuggets. <laughs> I did just check Batman the Pistons the have Georgia. like yeah. the Eastern Conference worst point differential by like double the next worst of 11.6, ne- like negative 11.6 point differential. So probably shouldn't have told you that because it's, it's still going to be close so doesn't apologies. matter yeah my bad <laughs> didn't they get waxed by the raptors by like 40 yeah no, or that, oh, that, no, wasn't that was them. the spurs yeah. that was the spurs yeah. That was the spurs. Oh, yeah. yeah i knew it was one of the bad teams i've seen but- a bit of them um cade's just really good at getting to his spots and the way that we've struggled yeah. to deal with um guards getting to the mid-range like cade is shooting some of the best percentages from mid-range in the league so far this year so um that's definitely going to be a problem um but their defense has been pretty bad too. Like, and they're not yes. very big. So we should be able to kind of counteract that. You cannot play drop on Cade because you're right, <laughs> Jake. He'll just destroy you from mid-range. So I'll be interested to see if we switch his pick and rolls a lot more yeah. often. Yeah, absolutely. Watching the defense, not just on Cade, but on Ja Morant as well, I think. Because he's, yeah. I, I don't know the percentages off the top of my head, but I feel like he's pretty good at that mid-range pull-up as well. Uh, so yeah, the drop coverage there might be, yeah, somewhat problematic. So just from a curious about the defense perspective, I think it's going to be a really interesting week. I think worst case, two and two. I think we beat the Nuggets. We've we've kind of had that number for a little bit. I think, yeah, maybe we split against the uh, the Pistons there. You know, potentially we lose against the Grizzlies. Also, two and two, which would leave us at, what, eight and five, which is not five, terrible yeah. at this time of year, uh, especially when you compare it to this time last year. Yeah, that's for yeah, sure. Six, yeah, six and three is again maths not my strong suit. But that's a, if you just stay on a six and three pace consistently for the season, that's a lot of W's, I believe. Yeah, <laughs> six notably Sorry, more, right. more than three. No idea what that number is, but I'll it's get a back lot. to you guys. <laughs> we love math here at the First of the Floor podcast. All right, that is going to do it for this one. Uh, one more plea to like and subscribe before we go. We're so close to 1,000 subs on the old please. YouTube, so please remember to do that if you get the chance. Remember, we're firing up the playback room for tomorrow's game versus the Grizzlies, so come along and hang out and watch that game with us if you like. Spoonie, Jake, love your work, mates. Thanks again. Peace, Thanks, Ben. All right, until next time, go Celtics. Peace. Peace.